0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back for a second episode this week to talk about the 2018 documentary on the All Blanks on Amazon. All or nothing. Since we're in lockdown, we've had the time to watch it and um yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cast our eyes over it. Hello, Phil. Hello, Tim. And hello, JB. Hello, Tim. How are you? I'm all right. So let, let's get straight into this documentary then. Um uh, uh, like, did you enjoy did you enjoy it or did you find it a bit of a slog to get through? It was painful, wasn't it? He <laughs> gloved. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, i I'd tell you what. I actually quite enjoyed it. Did and you? Yeah, I, I really, I really did. I found myself kind of smiling a few times. The, wrong, my, the wrong reasons though. Sometimes for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah. I was, I was cringing at some of Hansen's painful banter with some of the players and some of his other coaches. Um, but overall, genuinely, I quite enjoyed it. Now, a big proportion of that is me particularly enjoying slow-motion shots of Sonny Bill Williams in training kit, real kit, in yeah. the gear, just yeah. any slow-motion shots of Sonny Bill running around.
2: You what, the action shots of them playing actual, real-life Test match rugby really got me excited. It, 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 for some reason, those shots really captured the brutality of the sport, but they lasted about three seconds. Other than <laughs> that, it was difficult. I think
1: in in episode one, Phil, you talk about that. I, I thought I'm going to enjoy this when, I think it was in episode one, it may be within 10 minutes, Steve Hansen went up to Sonny Bill Williams and said, uh, hey, mate, what's going on with your shorts? Because uh, I think basically they were so tight they'd ripped. <laughs> Did you hear what Sonny Bill's response was? Or too powerful yeah he's a too much power boss or something like that which i thought was brilliant no it's just he's shopping in the kids section that's the problem
2: <laughs> so uh the the point where i lost interest in this documentary was uh, six and a half minutes in <laughs> <laughs> and it was this line the most important job is being a dad no 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 <laughs> most important job ben smith is making sure that you catch high balls. Everyone, almost anyone can be a dad. Nobody can catch <laughs> high balls like Ben Smith, or very few people. Very few people. <laughs> I hate that saying so much. It's like it's come from a bloody personal advert, or does men care? We, we did get that three times
0: from Bender, from uh, Kieran Reid, and from Lima. Who um, is
2: Bender, by the way? Because oh it just says Jesus Bender. Ben, ben Smith. Bender. Oh, is that how of- it is? Yeah. Right, yeah so it's been two weeks since I've watched the damn thing, so I'm just trying to work out what we actually need.
1: Steve Hansen had nicknames for everyone. I loved it. So Sonny Bill Williams, when he went up to him and talked to him about the shorts, he, he, he called Sonny Bill Williams Cobbler. <laughs> Did you notice know, his nickname for Geordie Barrett? No. no. Big Nuts. Huh? Big Nuts. He called him Big He called Geordie Barrett Big Nuts. <laughs> I think um, Steve Hansen is the star of this documentary. He came out. I really, really liked the guy.
0: Uh, t- so Hansen was one of the people I didn't like. I, lo- <laughs> I There were so many people I really liked. I loved Bender. Um, TJ, Aaron Smith, really liked them. I really liked Lima Sopoanga. Yeah. Um, Ryan Crotty, I've always had a thing for Ryan Crotty.
2: Yeah, Ryan Crotty's cool, isn't he? Sonny I Bill.
0: Like- I, I, I loved Sonny Bill as well. Um, but yeah, Hansen was one of the few... Who I wasn't too sure. I didn't want to. Hanson and uh, Kieran Reed actually. I didn't want to. And Kieran Reed. Is I find Kieran time. Reed a,
2: a prickly customer.
0: It's it's the So Kieran Reed ha- puts on this false smile Yes. for everything. No matter his what, eyes something. give him away. Yeah. yeah, his eyes give him away. But no matter what he's being asked and what he's saying, he has the same false smile. Whether it's talking about his kids, um, <laughs> be- beating <laughs> South Africa. Maybe he's at
2: Botox it's his Permagrid, and i wonder if it's because they are so important to that nation that they can't put a foot wrong
1: well you see yeah that, that's yeah. That, that was a big insight for me was there was i think in maybe the third episode where steve hansen was having to put up fencing all around his house because otherwise the paparazzis were were taking photos of him all the time and you're like Eddie Jones doesn't have to put up with that. No rugby player in England has to put up with that. But the head coach of New Zealand is like the most famous person in the whole country.
2: Yes, yeah, so yeah. I, I guess that does make it a little bit different. But they act like, not politicians. No, well, they act like, like, they, like they are. They're megastars. But the megastars are in a very, very small country.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they are. They are absolute
2: megastars in New Zealand. I have a question. <clears throat> if, they are so, if they are so lauded, right, if they're so great, why is their bus so terrible?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did. So on, I can't remember what episode it was, but first or second episode, they have a little chat with a bus driver. And I was like, oh, this is going to be painful. You, it, you're not going to talk about this. You're not going to talk to the strength and conditioning coach, the forwards coach, the, back, <laughs> the skills coach. You're going to talk to the bus driver. But saying that, they did get they got some time with Wayne, Wayne Smith. They got time with Fozzy, who we might come to in a little bit. Um, they got some time with the the forwards coach talking about the scrum and Joe Moody talking about the scrum, which was awesome. Yeah, so, what was that? Uh, about one it, of the later, later episodes, four or
2: five. Oh yeah, I've not got past episode one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just uh, just go back to this bus, right? uh because i want to talk about this in in some detail i I wasn't sure if the bus was like like everything in new zealand just it's a little bit behind and therefore it's a little bit uh, a little bit spartan uh or was it spartan because that is the all black's brand which is no fuss because i've been in london though and this must have been about eight years ago and coming towards me was the bus from the ospreys and I don't know why the Ospreys bus was in, it was in London. This is before the days of RGC. It looked like the Death Star. It was fully wrapped. it had like Shane Williams's face on the side of it, it blotted out windows. It looked incredible. In fact, a lot of these buses look incredible. The All Blacks bus is just well it's, it's rubbish.: it, it's like one of the, Yeah, it's, one, it's like one of, the, one of those buses that they get you know, well, 10 years ago, they used to shuffle kids on to go to swimming lessons.
1: from Culture JP. Yeah. it's culture it's like they they, they explained that uh, you have to you have to be a relatively senior player to not get on by the front steps and go to the to the mid to the middle of the bus to get on and you only get to sit on the back row if you are like legend status sam whitelock kieran reed level
2: no no you're wrong you're not
0: wrong. kieran reed not kieran reed cuz he's got to sit near the front cuz he's the captain
2: no no he's not allowed to sit at the back cuz he's captain because uh, he, so he, he, he could sit near the back. He, he sits was, near the back, but not, he's on, not the back. on the back. the back seats, because he's the captain. Yeah. Presumably, he might snitch.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can tell. He might be a snitch. Yeah. Can we talk about some
1: big picture stuff for a minute, like the, the the documentary in general? So clearly, this is aimed at an audience that will be, you know, rugby fans, and also trying to make it accessible for non-rugby fans. Yeah. Clearly, one of the one of the ways rugby can help itself is by just adding. Rocky
0: esque sound sound effects, the <laughs> rugby footage. The, yeah, the, the drumby at every tackle, a boom, boom <laughs> for, for every hit.
1: <laughs> they even added a sound effect of I noticed of Rico Yuani scratching his chin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> interesting i didn't I really noticed
0: this i we should have got some actually some some a drum each for me saying something meaningful in this uh, conversation we could have a... Boom.
2: yeah well it's an interesting point you raised, Tim who is this documentary for because it's not for rugby fans i I didn't load a single thing from episode one the, there was there was a bit there was bits
0: to take out of there, but not huge amounts Just, it it was it was for for it was for casual rugby fans and non rugby fans, like people who've never watched a game of rugby yeah. before. There's parts of it that were definitely tailored to the American
2: market. People are watching that in the same way that I'm watching the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary. Yes. That, that's what it's for.
1: It was cool seeing the Lions tour from the perspective of the baddies. Or any, it was, it was cool <laughs> seeing a documentary from the perspective of the bad guys.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: you, you would expect, uh, with the all in black for the turnaround which i go, we are the bad guys, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were the bad guys. And, and Sonny Bill with his in test two. Sonny Bill's the bad guy.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize they were going to cover like really good things. I thought it was going to be a little bit like, do um, the NFL hard knocks. So they don't actually cover any good games. Yeah. It's just preseason. But no, they actually got, like, got into the weeds. Um, one of the things it has taken from hard knocks. Uh, I don't know really what to make of this. For whatever reason it makes for great TV, it's close-ups of things which have nothing to do with the actual sport. So we were treated in episode one to a good 20 seconds of sewing machines. Real high (laughs) definition, (laughs) close-up drops of sewing machines. And it worked. Hardlocks do sprinklers a lot.
1: (laughs) But also they understand, like, we've mentioned Sonny Bill a lot already, but... I, it was 27 seconds into this documentary before there was a topless shot of Sonny Bill.
0: Yeah, oh, right. too too long, if anything. <laughs> yeah. And, 20... then they,
1: and then they used the, in the opening little monologue, they used the quote, rugby is the most physically demanding sport on the planet. So I just thought briefly, is that a fair statement? Do you think?
0: Uh, cross-country skiing is meant, meant yeah. to be.
2: No, no, you got it wrong, Tim. Uh, Phil. Biathlon is what you meant to say.
0: Biathlon. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, cross-country skiing with shooting as well.
2: Correct. Otherwise, you've just got half a bath on. Well, that's not very hard, is it?
0: Yeah. Um, cross-country skiers are supposed to be the the athletes with the highest VO two max, so I'll say that as most physically demanding.
2: I thought it was rowers.
0: I think I think those two are hotly <laughs> contested, but um, cross-country skiers is, is right up there.
2: Interesting. I, mm. So I've heard. when I was doing. Uh, AS level PE, the, the, the fittest athletes, as in the overall fitter, so basically crossfitters, right? In that, in that sense of the word fitness, strength, endurance, you know, the whole lot. Pole vaulters. Ah. They've got to be although, strong, they've got to be explosive, they've got to be quick, but not too, but not too heavy. Like gymnastic strength and sprinter oh. speed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although they wouldn't be trained for, say, a 5K or a 10K. Yes. But you, you, you need to be light, which would help with that kind of stuff.
1: If they had right. to run away from uh, someone trying to murder them with a knife, they might get caught eventually. Eventually. <laughs> Unless there's a ditch in the
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to have a go at Paul vaulting. I wouldn't go. I'd, I'd love to just observe. How do you transition? How do you go from basically doing the high jump to the real thing? What's your first pole drop, pole vault yeah. like? That's a great shout.
2: How did you discover that you were good at it? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah geez. So uh, I, I think it's fairly, maybe it's not the most physically demanding single acti- activity. But no, it is over the course of a season, it must be. It, that, yeah. It,
0: if it's we, not the single, you, you could definitely create a metric that would put rugby at the top.
1: They definitely, like, bearing in mind the way uh, rugby's gone and the, the controversy around con- the contact area and everything, they, as you said, and I think it was for that American market, but also to market, clearly, what, the point I'm trying to make is to market rugby in this documentary, they turned the contact element up as high as they could because, as you said, the shots of the games were done from a perspective where they just focused on the massive hits. They added, yeah. they added Rocky-esque sound effects on to make it seem like more physical.
2: And I tell you another weird thing, and I wonder if they'd do it if they made that documentary today, which is the focus on Ben Smith's concussion. Now, I wonder if if it was made, and I'm just trying to cast my mind back to um, when concussion... I mean, I know it's always been serious, but it's never been front and centre. That used to be neck damage from the uh, the scrum, which weirdly went away. Um, I wonder if they made it today if they would have made such a big song and dance about Ben Smith's concussion, and instead spoken about, you know, the protocols around the um, concussion, how they're looking to protect him. Because it did, it did feel very open and honest about that angle of the game. Maybe too much so. Maybe if,
0: uh, maybe that is reflective of who was making this. As in, it was made by a TV film, TV crew who don't hugely know rugby, and presumably World Rugby weren't involved. Yeah, exactly. so maybe there would have been more of the welfare if it was from a different angle. Um, yeah, more
2: we'll focused on him being a good dad and less on his concussions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, there there was more a uh, bit more concussion later on with Bowden Barrett, um, getting taken out in the South Africa game. Yeah, or one of the South Africa games. But it's you mentioned before, like the the time that this was. So it's twenty seventeen, which is obviously a Lions year. So there was the three lions games. There'd been obviously the Super Rugby that season, and then you had the the Rugby Championship as well. And it shows the the brutality of the the test matches and the fixtures in that year for these guys. I mean, it's a it's a serious serious sh- playing schedule that. Um, when you bear in mind that a lot of the players played for their provinces or or their regions against the Lions after having a sixteen week or whatever it was uh, Super Rugby season, yeah, uh, a hell of a it, lot of games.
1: You've already mentioned you've had a you know you've had a long held man crush on Ryan Crotty, but it mm. was interesting to see because this was at the period where Ryan Crotty had was coming off the back of having been um, dropped for the World Cup previously and had been out in the cold with the All Blacks and got brought back in and it was just you had this really great little juxtaposition between what happened to Julian Surveyor when he got dropped for Rico Iwani Surveyor mm-hmm. just just went right I said I'm done now I'm off to France.
2: yeah
1: bye, guys. Just,
2: it... hello no no I'm saying bye guys it, Oh, it, right, yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i thought you thought you cut off and come back in <laughs> no, no no yeah it just yeah. but it speaks to the character of Ryan Crotty and and some of the, the mentality of some of these guys
2: <clears throat> maybe he just never wanted to leave pope I mean, that's also a thing. Maybe Julian Surveyor really wanted to, to France, I, 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 I wanted to go to France.
0: Maybe. Well, it was interesting to see that. Um, so th- this is one of the things I, I did take out of it, the the difference in mentalities. So that's a really good example of Surveyor Crotty. But... Um, they they spoke about Hanson spoke early on about Sonny Bill Williams and what a model professionally is and how great he is to have around the camp because he's always doing the extras and he's do, in the gym and everyone can look up to him. And then on, I can't remember which episode of episode three or episode four, they'd just, uh, beaten Australia twice, Bledisloe one and two, beaten them in Dunedin and they were traveling to Argentina. So it was like straight up next job. And on the Monday morning meeting, um, Hanson asks, how many people have prepared? How many people have looked at anything of Argentina in this last week? And only three people stood up out of a, a squad of 30. Wow. I, I thought that was that was really interesting. Yeah. Do you know, did you notice who those three people were, Tim? No, I didn't. Say, no. Or, Jay, Jay, do you want to guess who the three people would be? Suddy Bell? No. Oh. Wow. Bodie? Not Bodie, no. Aaron, Aaron Smuth? Aaron Smith, yes.
2: Aaron
0: Smith. You can see why they like Aaron Smith. And I love TJ Perinara being a a Canes fan. Um, But I think Aaron Smith is a cut above even TJ. Who
2: are the Boy Scouts? Someone like Whitelock or Italic, I guess.
0: Uh, Right position. Uh, uh, Scott Barrett? Barrett. No. you, You probably won't get it now. I, don't know. I think I think he's not playing. Uh, I don't think he made the World Cup
1: squad. Oh, what's his face? The massive, the giant lock fella.
0: Not, uh, no, not uh, Tui Pilatu no. um, Luke, Luke Romano, ah. and and the other one was Kieran Reed, of course. Yeah, of course. Teacher, what teacher's pet. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. The how they definitely Hansen wanted to push that um, that mentality. But not all of them had it at all times.
1: Yeah, and he even he let rip uh, uh several times during this documentary, and just at one point said, "If you just want to be an All Black, come see me. I'm not interested. I'm only interested in people that want to be, you know, great All Blacks. The best. You know, we've yeah. got to we've got to raise the standards, and you know, this is a team that just won a World Cup. But in but also." Uh, yeah, so, so they were coming off the back of the Lions tour like absolutely devastated that they'd got a draw.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, true. Main, mainly devastated with uh, Roman pois.
1: Oh, it was, it was a bad decision. It, I, I, it only reminded me how lucky the Lions were in that final test.
2: Big <laughs> luck.
1: Roman Pwats calling offside against Ken Owens, and then oh, just the way he did it, the way he went back on it, oh yeah, that was, that was
2: bad. You know against Kieran Reed to start with from the kickoff, yeah, so, Kieran yeah. Kieran Reed
0: clattered into uh, Liam Williams as well, who's yep. going up for the high ball. So yeah, um, I it's I, it, it it watching that back still makes me laugh when just okay. thinking Kieran Reed like. Slaps. Um,
2: I love it. It's my favourite movie. Remain.
0: Yeah. Romain. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, that's football, guys. That's
2: all it is. <laughs> yeah. No way about it. No way. Hey, it's how the cookie crumbles. What? What do you mean? You Remain. Remain. Oh, it's great to see that again.
1: But also, there's um, the, the the was it the crucial pen that Owen Farrell slotted to win Test two. Kyle yeah. Sinclair like. I, I just feel so sorry for the New Zealand guy that got penalised because Carl Sinclair jumped in the air when he, when he <laughs> caught the ball. There's nothing the New Zealand guy could do.
2: Yeah. It's a law though. It's a law. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've just got a note here. And I don't know if it's... I don't know if you guys can pick up on it because I don't know what it means. It just says, Hanson's got a chip on his shoulder. And I can't think of why I've written that down because I can't remember him having one. Hmm.
0: I'm not sure he, he, he did
2: was that read to Gatland?
0: Tr- maybe uh, there was a little bit in the first episode about him and Gatland because there was some sh- Gatland fired some shots didn't he about um, Sonny Bill and Kano um, oh after Test 1 yeah yeah I can't I can't think
1: yeah Gatland because it was uh, Kano diving at Connor Murray
0: yes that was it I doing the box it. kicks
2: I think what I'm referring to, I think and I'm just trying to cast my mind back to watching it, is there's quite a lot of everybody hates us in the first or, or the implication that everyone wants to beat them or everyone's after them in the in the first episode.
0: Which which probably is fair. I think that must <laughs> that's be fair, fair Every, comment really. <laughs> everyone wants to beat New Zealand because so few people, so few teams actually do. Uh.
2: I should have paid more attention. I should have. <laughs> no, this cool.
0: But w- one thing I'd say sort of in general, oh,
1: just on the coach, by the way, before I forget, just on the coach, they, um, th- they have a role of music committee, which they give to the younger guys. Geordie Barrett was in charge of the music. They played a song. And, and I, th- I think um, one of the guys had said, or like Sonny Bill had piped up and said, uh, you know, oh well, no, Kieran Reid said, we have a music committee. That's not a role you want. So we give it to the younger guys and we let them know if they pick a bad song. And, and Geordie Barrett put this song on, which I've never, ever heard in my life. Sounded absolutely awful. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to get them absolutely rinsed here. And then the next shot is the whole coach singing it. Now, I am a, I'm a music broadcaster for the last, what, 12 years. I've never heard the song they were playing. And it, and it, was, it was, I mean, it's subjective, but I would say, objectively, it was an awful song. Awful.
2: <laughs> when, I was, when I was playing my rugby at Colwood Bay Rugby Club back in the day we had two amazing blokes there called Ryan and Tammy both of them were, uh, were they, they were flown over to work at someone's local business but help, help out our rugby club great blokes great players and they got really drunk one night as they did many nights actually and they started singing a song and can you really describe it as I don't know when the first time you hear it, it sounds like it's like a little bit like insipid, spider, but it's kind of got like a bit of rhythm to it. Like, what is that horrendous childish song? Anyway, it's what's the time, Mister Wolf? And it is the song which they play over and over again in Once We Were Warriors. Have, have, have you ever seen that film?
0: I know. I, I've never actually seen it, but I know the film. Did you know the song? I don't know the song.
2: It's it is like it's like a, it's not far from nursery rhyme, and they sing it when. Um, uh, 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 With the hammered, this are like, what's the time, Mister Wolf? What's the time? One o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock. What's the time, Mister Wolf? What's the time? And it's over and over again.
0: <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it might have been that then.
2: Yep. Uh,
1: and another general observation is just the number of platitudes and cliches that this squad of players spout is quite phenomenal. Uh, if there, there are some people that play rugby for New Zealand that never give, never say anything that isn't a cliche. Yes,
2: well, I mean I just think I guess they're thinking about it one word at a time.
0: Exactly, Sonny <laughs> Take each word as it comes.
2: I think yeah.
1: so, I loved I loved Sonny Bill, but I think he might be the best one because everything he said is like, mate, we're just brothers, bro. You know, we're brothers. We just, <laughs> we rally around each other. You know, if you, you get, why'd you get knocked down in life, bro? So so you can stand back up again, bro.
0: <laughs> I did. I I loved, I loved Sonny Bill in this, but you're 100% right. And then when when they're in Argentina... And he goes and helps out and it's like cringy, awkward. He's, do, he's doing a really good thing, but it's still just so cringy and awkward. Well,
2: interesting about Sidney Bill? Yes. So Sidney Bill's going to play for the Wolfpack in Toronto, yeah? Yeah. And he's pretty good, good with the media. was in, he gave a lot of media a lot of time. Do you know the only thing he would let the media cover?
0: Uh, family? Kids? No?
2: The first time he met his teammates, he said, I want nobody there for the first time that I meet my teammates. I don't know what he had planned for them, whether he was going to read them in the riot act or tell them to sit down punks. There's a new sheriff in town. I don't know what he had planned, but he's like, yeah, no one's on, to, it'll be me and, me and the team. I want to be, meet my teammates, which I thought was really interesting. Interesting. I mean, Sonny Bill, he's, in,
0: he's on lockdown in Manchester. Is he? Yeah. What? He's yeah, Worsley. that's where he lives. Yeah. But I thought he might
2: be me in Toronto.
0: No, genuinely, he's on lockdown in Manchester.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> um, what was I going to say then? Um, oh, yeah. So just on the on the insight into the All Blacks. So another couple of things that I found interesting. So the red cards, um, or the red card and subsequent yellow cards. Yeah. So... I thought it was really interesting Hansen explaining the decision to take Kano off after the red card.
1: Yes. So, yeah, to, to set the scene, this is in second test and 35 minutes in, Jerome Kano... No, sorry, Sonny Bill-Williams does the, the high, no-armed shot on Anthony Watson mm-hmm. in the tackle, gets a red card, and the, his decision is to take Jerome Kano off and bring on Lau Mappy.
0: Yeah, and he said it's because they were worried about um, the Lions kicking game. So they wanted to have a full back line, and therefore a back three, which I thought was really interesting because Kano is one of your biggest, most physical forwards. Yeah, And so and I guess the two things, so that, that game was in horrendous wet conditions. And the two things that you think about with the Lions team in those conditions are a bloody big pack and a good kicking game. And it was very interesting to see that they clearly feared the kick, the ability of the two kickers, Sext- well, the three kickers Sexton, oh, more than that, but Sexton, Farrell, uh, Murray, and Daly. Daly, yeah, Daly. But, but they, they feared that kicking game more than the the ability of the pack, which was really interesting to see. Uh, and
1: K- Kano, we- Kano, admitted he said oh, I, I didn't understand the decision. I was I was gutted, but then sort of you look at it, they were maybe hard done by to to lose playing fifty five minutes with a man down.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they only just lost as well. Um the that decision then, so later on, uh they were playing Argentina and they brought so um Barrett, um Bowden Barrett got yellow card, yellow carded. Um and they brought Sopwanga on for Dag. So um, to take off, so not to retain the full back three. So they were taking off someone in the back three in that, but they retained the, the full pack, which meant in my head, that meant that they regarded the Argentina pack higher than the Lions pack because of the decisions they made. Unless it was, they, it was inc- inconsistent.
2: Unless they think the Argentine halfbacks are that bad.
0: Possibly. That, that Possibly. Would, guess, that would be the other, the other angle. Um, but but, but, also- but it was
1: interesting. But Aaron Smith said after that when when they were disi- dissecting the red card and stuff, and they were talking about that decision to do that, Aaron Smith said, as I wrote wrote it down, we plan for a lot in training. We've never planned for a red card, that, that, and I that, found that I, you made a note of that as well. Did
0: you, Phil? I, I did. I wrote down exactly the same thing.
1: I couldn't believe that the the guess- double world champions have never planned for playing a game. With a man getting a red card?
2: I guess when you, when you always have the refs on the side, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: mean, they're in a post-Richie <clears throat> era now, aren't they? They need to get with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, how many red cards did they have prior to Sonny Bell? That was 50 first... years since the last... Yeah. yeah. There you go. No wonder they don't train for it. Well, what was cost? I,
0: I found that really interesting because um, I remember um, when we had um, Clive Roberts um, Clive Griffiths, Clive Griffiths Clive, 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 who the hell is Clive Roberts Clive Griffiths um, former Wales coach, former rugby league player rugby union player, coaching us at Sedgley we, we trained it was a, a chunk of pre-season was um, spent planning um, the defensive patterns for when we were in man down based on whether yeah. we're struggling in the scrum whether we're dominant in the scrum do you put a man into the pack? You leave him out of the pack. Does a scrum after the scrum sweep, and all of that, and that's uh, division like uh, National One, um, Level Three, Tier Three. So presumably, presumably, the guy you've
2: taken off is busy practicing high shots somewhere. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah, no, exactly <laughs> shots, the same film. Yeah, <laughs> it was at, <laughs> like at Bath University, we used to have like a, a Tuesday. Like a classroom session in an auditorium, little video session and stuff, and even even at like university, Premier League level, the the coach used to sort of just do a quiz, just used to quiz somebody, used to pick on someone and go, right, we're down a man in the forwards, your fly half, who's your man from a scrum, and because you we, we it was always seven takes fly half, fly half takes twelve, etc. Yeah. So yeah, like even at that, so I was just I was watching that, I couldn't believe it. It was, it, it was cool seeing Steve Hansen. One of the little things they spent a lot of time doing was actually just going, right, giving on the field, just giving them a scenario. Much like that, we talked the other week about um, video game challenges. When they say, right, it's 10 yeah. minutes to go in your Japan against South Africa in the 2015 World Cup. You've got to win. Steve Hansen was doing a lot of that. Line out on the 22, two points down. 90 seconds to go. What, what call are you making? Right, let's do it.
2: Yeah. Um. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/slash-weight-loss. That's plushcare.com/slash-weight-loss. Plushcare.com/slash-weight-loss. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also,
0: you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. that. that. So one of the things, uh, it's just reminding me that um, of Hanson. JB, to your point before about Hanson having a chip on his shoulder, the the bit that I've just been reminded about is not Hanson having a chip on his shoulder, but the TV crew wanting to make sure we know how successful Hanson has been. Because about four times in the first two or three episodes, they play the clip of someone on the radio saying... I know he's got the highest winning percentage of an all-black coach, but I just don't think he's doing it right. But constantly reminding you that he's got the highest ever winning percentage for an all-black coach.
1: Um, and, and, and that's a very American stat, isn't it? They love the winningest player, don't they? The, the, the win-to-loss <laughs> ratio is the most important thing.
2: Oh, it was the Australians that did the video of, were they all laughing at the chance of England winning? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Wow. the fox.
1: The fox okay. sports. Uh, England, twenty sixteen England tour down under. Yeah,
2: yes, w- wonderful stuff. With the guy spitting um, his water out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
0: did either of you notice? Or I'm, I'm not going to ask this to JB because he didn't get this far. But on about episode four or five, I think it's after the um, they beat South Africa, um, Hanson Having a beer with the boys in the changing room afterwards. Yeah, and he he opens a bottle with another bottle. Okay. Which yeah, is, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love just just a really nice little um,
2: little shot. Now, so they noticed in series one, series one, episode one. Tell me if this comes if you got this impression again from the coach. It feels like when you watch the All Blacks, it is two coaches under the team. Do you know in all the training shots? Because you only ever see the two coaches. Don't really see. Uh, Strength and conditioning guys. I don't know why, but when I think of a rugby team now, say if I could sell sharks, you've got a load of players, but you've got a load of other nondescript people in tracksuits and suits and whatnot who you don't know what they do. All the clips of the All Blacks just seem to be all them and two or two or three coaches. It felt a little bit like watching like a level eight setup. I know that's not really the case, but that's how that's how they filmed it.
0: So they did later on. They did get into a bit more of the. You saw time with Wayne Smith and the, I can't remember his name, but the the scrum coach, um, the strength and conditioning coach was on the sidelines in a, in a lot of the games. Um, so you, you see a bit more of that, but not not hugely. It, I thought it was interesting to see Ian Foster there. Fuzzy. Um, Fuzzy, yeah. Ian Foster, obviously, since um, Hanson stepped down after the last World Cup. Uh, has been appointed Nick Gill uh, the was all the, strength,
1: Nick Gill was the strength and conditioning coach
0: Nick Gill there you I go remember that. You, you did see him a bit later on yeah um, but yeah um, Fozzie and because I I think all of us we didn't know a huge amount about Ian Foster when he was appointed um, we probably still don't know a huge amount but it, it, we did see a bit more of him um, in this and it would be so Hanson described him as the yin to his yang um, yes Early on, and Hansen was a bit more um a bit more angry and and shouty at the players, whereas Fozzy seemed to be a bit more of a nice arm around the players, like when sohangaanga was struggling with his kicking and and whatnot um Fozzie was helping him out but besides that it from what we saw in this, it seems very much like a, cont- a continuity candidate like it it's more the same for for um your blacks from a, a coaching standpoint we certainly didn't get anything in this where that suggested that ian foster is going to rip up the rule book and ch- totally fundamentally change things now that he's in charge
2: yeah quite now do we have anything else to say on
0: this because i have literally nothing more so, just on, on steve hansen
1: i i i am um, I, I i really like i really warm to him from watching it it's quite interesting that you didn't so much. Um, I, I warmed to him quite a lot. I think it was it was in it was interesting to see the sort of pressure cooker that he lives his life in, and he he has got a brilliant. I think, did he used to be a policeman? Yeah, yes. but he could. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? But you can kind of tell he'd make a great headmaster at a school. I loved it, Damien. Terrible pass, mate. Twenty press ups. I know that sounds more like Eddie Jones than Steve Hansen,
2: but,
0: um, <laughs>
2: um, that did surprise me actually that they do little things like that, little, uh, holding yourself to account 20, 20 press-ups at the pro level.
0: That felt old school. Yeah. <laughs> really old school. so yeah. old school. And that, that was something that I did get that he did, Hansen did seem a little bit old school, but I, I, I did like, um, just the way he tra- treated players differently. And you, We only picked up a glimpse, glimpse of it. And I, I mentioned it on the previous podcast but there were there were times when like cynically he was saying oh you you've got to um you got to find what this shirt means to you and that kind of um that that will get i don't know 50 60% of the people in that team on his side but it will not get all there'll be there'll be people in that team who are looking at that cynically but then yeah. I I from what I could see he was a very good motivator in different ways and got the full team pulling together um, yeah, and 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 he, incredible results in this season
1: yeah he could paint he painted with a broad brush quite a bit but he did he did get out the scalpel from time to time I'm mixing my metaphors a bit there but you get the point because <laughs> he uh, he um, there, there was one point where it was Lau Mappi preparing for his first start and he was just he, he, he just sort of was saying to Aaron Smith and uh, TJ Perinara stop chopsing at the guy Stop! Stop talking to him. It's his first test match. We've got to trust him. Leave him yep. alone. You do your job. Let him do his.
0: Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. I did really like actually. Um, is, is there anything? One... Oh, sorry. sorry go go on. On.
1: No. Yeah. I'll just say. I'll just say one thing that it. This made me feel nostalgic. Was only a few years ago, Lima Sopawanga, Lima Sopawanga was the shit. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because that team, it there's, parts of that team just almost feel the same as what we saw in the World Cup, like Reed and Barrett and Aaron Smith and uh, Whitelock and Ben uh, Metallic and yeah, Izzy ben Smith. All well, Izzy Dag is a good example of someone that's not around, retired a couple of years ago now. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, guys like that. There is a few changes that. Um, have come even in that short space of time. Um, just guys that aren't in, involved in that setup anymore. Waisaki Holo is now in the UK. Surveyor's now in France. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting to see that, the, the change even in a couple of years.
1: Now, did I hear this right with Lima Sopoanga? At one point, did he say, it's time to rock and I'm ready to roll? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: do you know what? The only note I've got left on my... Um... On my phone here is they are all they're all dressed like untrendy dads, but but with Adonis bodies. That quote is exactly how I think of the All Blacks. Very <laughs> really talented, a little bit cringy. It, it's a good point on that one. When they go out for
0: dinner, on that <laughs> so
2: badly dressed.
0: first episode, what on earth are they
2: wearing? <laughs> Just, it's unbelievable. There, there's an element of like, if Fresh Prince was filmed today. <laughs> right? They would all be Carlton.
0: <laughs> oh, that, that's one of my notes, actually. The, the game, the 57-0 against uh, South Africa. So they hammered in the rugby championship, first game against South Africa. They hammered them 57-0. And you can draw a direct line, a direct line from that result to South Africa winning the World Cup. Great show. Because that, that, that result was one of a few but that result is probably the final nail in Alistair Cooksey's coffin he got fired at the end of that season and who steps up yeah, Rassie
2: so
0: yeah that that there's a direct line between that single game and the successful south africa world cup
2: i'd love to see this this thing done again but following the springboks i find the springboks a fascinating bunch because i think you wouldn't need to have all of the falseness. I think you would get a real. I, I, I reckon what, when you film the Springboks, you would get exactly what they what they are like. Whereas, I always feel that the All Blacks are holding back.
0: I I tend to agree with that, <laughs> uh,
2: and maybe
0: maybe twenty twenty one. So yeah. this this was obviously done in Lions year and next I, year. Next year a Lions
2: year. And let me say this. I, I Don't think that because I think the spring box are more interesting, probably the opposite. I think that because they're basically all devout Christians, and for the most part, like to go to bed early and you know they're actually, yeah, they're, they wouldn't need to try, try as hard as the all blacks because they're well, they're about as clean living as you get well, until you get them, in which case they're not. Yeah, yeah after a few the,
1: there is an element of this where. <laughs> I, I kind of... I, I get what you're saying. I think that there was a lot of platitudes and a lot of cliches being used. And maybe that was slightly put on, but I think it was only maybe dialed up from where they are. I actually think, pro- generally speaking, on average, r- international rugby players, whatever nation, are far more boring on average than yeah. any normal any normal person. And certainly any rugby player on,
2: in generations gone by. Well, I guess you're going to have to... There's gonna to have to be a part of you that deals with extreme stress. Now, they might you might not see it as extreme stress. Well, no, sorry. They might not see it as extreme stress. I guess us as personal observers, of the game might not see it as extreme stress. But take take Jared from accounts, right? And throw him onto a pre- onto a personal pitch. It's bloody stressful. I mean, it is an amazing thing. So when they're not playing that incredibly dangerous thing, which they get paid lots of money to do, what what really you know, what's going to match that? Where's the excitement? Well, equally to look the way they look, you have to be, it's like
1: no one who's absolutely ripped, who goes on Love Island, or the, the guys on Love Island are dull as dishwater.
2: <laughs>
1: Cause they all are. they do is, all they do is work out. They've got no
2: life. That is not true Tim. We did a whole, a whole series of podcasts because they did so much. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll have to again, are they doing Love Island this year?
2: I hope so. I hope so. There, they're incredibly complex characters. They're unbelievable in so many ways.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's not to take away from the sacrifices that these guys make and, and the dedication that they show. That comes through in the, through these documentaries. But oh. it, 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 is, it has departed, and I'm not complaining. It's, it's, it's brilliant, and we got an insight of it, but it has departed from the, the Living With Lions
2: era. Yes. Can I finish off on a different documentary? Of course. Yeah. Has anyone been watching the Last Dance with Michael Jordan? Not with Michael Jordan. About no, Michael Jordan.
1: No, I've got it next. I'm finishing Better Call Saul first. Uh, I'm,
2: I'm, one,
0: epi- should, I'm one episode. one we- episode in.
2: So the first three episodes, I don't lie to you, Phil. They're good, but they're not great. And then you meet Dennis Rodman. <laughs> now that, and then I'll let you come back to me with the rest. But
1: I haven't um, I haven't That's seen like- the. I haven't seen the Aaron Hernandez one yet.
2: Don't watch that. Don't watch it. It's it's too dark. (laughs) But uh, the Dennis Rodman one, I mean, it's not, nothing's turned bad yet, at least. But, uh, maybe there is a way to be an absolute lunatic and play high-level sport.
1: Yeah, well, Mm. I was just thinking, um, as you were saying that, Dennis Rodman's like way out there, but there are, elite level sportsman who I would love to see a document. I'd love to see a documentary just following Tom Brady and the Gronk and Gronkowski about those are boys are
2: most interesting interesting rugby players
1: most interesting rugby players that you'd actually want to see a documentary on
2: yeah who you think of actually yeah who are actually interesting though so like I think Tom Wood is a really interesting bloke he can weld yep. he can tops wood he you know, he can craft things.
1: Mamuka Gorgonza, I would have loved to have seen a documentary on. Yeah. Yes, I can I imagine his training would be amazing. He'd probably just like, right, we're gonna do, I'm going to do half an hour of wrestling with a bear now.
2: Rocky Montage's left, right, and yeah. centre. <laughs> with Gorgonza. Yes. Presumably until the age of, I don't know, whenever he showed up at Montpellier, at the age of I don't know, 25, he'd never met a man that could even come close to stopping him. Yeah. <laughs> that must be a weird mindset. <laughs> Um, as you see, said no to it was in the pro uh, top 14. So, um,
0: Tom Wood, I saw uh this weekend, has made his
2: own barbells with wood. Yes, I've seen that. It's quite cool, isn't it? Very not, cool. They can't, be, they can't be that heavy. That's what I was thinking. I
0: don't know. They looked pretty heavy. Oh, <laughs> I
2: I've gone off to make an, an admission here, boys. I um, I didn't, strict, I didn't stick to strict social di- distance, distancing on Friday.
0: Uh-oh.
2: Yeah. I stole some, some beer kegs and then, t- and then took them to the uh, the mechanics, who strangely remained open throughout all of lockdown, uh, to see if he could get the damn thing open, which he could, and I filled it with, with uh, sand for lifting.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say I got him to put a car axle car ax- between two of them. <laughs> So I could do deadlift with my kegs. Like
2: no, but he could, def- he could definitely do that. So I had noticed he has been working all through lockdown. I asked him, like, have you got much work He said, nope. But I own a yard and I don't want to be in with a wife. He's <laughs> been <laughs> <laughs> yard for eight weeks.
1: <laughs> I found one, guy. I had to get an MOT because I didn't get it done before lockdown. I didn't realise I needed one. And uh and like I said, my car couldn't be included in the um the automatic six-month extensions. Fortunately, there are garages open, so maybe I went to the same place.
0: Mm. Sensible.
2: Mm. <laughs> good, old, good old Carl.
1: Well, I, I broadly speaking enjoyed this. I think it sort of um this this documentary series petered out for me
0: a little bit. It it did a little bit. Um uh, you needed the, the problem for the documentary was the, the season was the wrong way round for them. Yeah, the pinnacle, the pinnacle of that season should have been the Lions tour. Now, Obviously, you can't change it for, for the documentary, but they were building up to effectively nothing because they won the Rugby Championship with a few games to go. They cantered to a victory in the Rugby Championship halfway through the season. So, what do you do?
2: I quite liked it because I knew after the first episode I didn't need to watch the other three I knew I already had it on lockdown
0: the other five the
1: other five
2: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't really matter does it, it, it be 12 I, we know what's going to that's
0: it my, my favourite moment in the whole thing was so gay uh, episode three or episode four the first blood is slow I think it was and Sonny Bill was describing the kind of nervousness excitement um. The terrifying feeling you get when you're about to step onto the rugby field, and then, but you don't want to let your mates down, and that that bit for me, just that brief description of it, I loved it. I thought it was really, yeah. really powerful and accurate.
2: Yeah, why why people play the game? Why they play hard?
0: Yeah, yeah, really simple explanation of why why we do it.
1: My brothers, bro, We've got a rally ready, son of a.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, I have to live with these decisions for the rest of my life, bro. So I gotta make the right decision now. <laughs>
2: we're brothers bro could be the name of a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All the other names we take about We're Brothers Bro. brother Yeah,
0: there you go. Cool. Right. right. So so next week.
1: Next week. Yeah, homework for next week.
2: Easy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, get
1: a, get a VPN. Get, well, get a Sky subscription if you don't have one. Get a borrow Sky Go password off a mate for a weekend. VPN and
0: get Ooh. creative. <laughs> get creative.
1: <laughs> uh, but watch the 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 cross the code the cross of the codes double header, Bath wait. v Wigan back in the day.
2: I genuinely can't wait.
1: We we talked on last week's podcast about that. Wigan backline which featured well that Wigan side which featured Andy Farrell Sean Edwards um Martin Afire Chris Radlinski and a whole Gary Connolly a whole host of other household names Rugby League legends Jason Robinson so this is going to be good real good
2: indeed Uh, right well guys we'll see you boys next week
1: Yeah, we'll do. Unless
2: the lockdown is lifted.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Pubs and that won't be open, but...
0: Not for a while, I don't think. No. We'll see.
1: Right. Nice one, boys. Stay safe. Cheers, guys. Love the boys, play. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.